0: Hi, everyone. Welcome back. Episode three um, of Minding for Magic. Can't believe we are on our third episode. Um, Really happy that we've made it this far, honestly, with just us being so new to it. Um, But really excited about this week. Leah, how was your weekend? I feel like I haven't talked to you in forever. We will talk every day at work. So when I don't talk to her over the weekend, I'm like, what are you doing? (laughs)
1: I know it seems so wild when we don't talk over the weekend. I'm like, oh, should I send Holly like a good morning text on, on Saturday and Sunday? Uh, my weekend was good. It was really nice. I did my usual spiel, as always, teaching yoga. I, if you don't know this about me, I love creating playlists. So I adjusted my playlist. I just realized Macklemore released a new album, like not like a week or two ago. So I put some of his tracks in my playlist. Uh, And then yeah, other than that, I hung out with my mom. We did a little clay making. And then to be honest, today I had so many dreams and desires. I was supposed to go to yoga. Uh, We were supposed to go down to South Jersey, but just due to, you know, this silly thing we're called like time change um i'm just struggling and then nick was feeling a little bit under the weather so to be honest i haven't done anything at all today um but binge some netflix how was your weekend how
0: was um your nephew's birthday yeah um so sorry to hear nick's under the weather hopefully he gets better but love the relationship you and your mom have it's so cute um But yeah, this weekend was really fun. We went on. So yesterday we went to my nephew's ninth birthday. Um, He went to like this Ninja Warrior gym um, and he's obsessed with Fortnite. So I got on like all things Fortnite. He's so cute, um, but I can't believe he's nine. He, I swear it was just like yesterday he was three and he was calling me his Lala because he couldn't say Holly, Um, but love him. And then after his party, we went to dinner with them. that bonsai, I don't know if you've ever heard of it. I don't know if it's a Utah thing, but it's like a Japanese hibachi house. They like make the food in front of you. um That was really fun. And then after that, we came home and we like took care of the dogs, fed them, and whatnot. And then we went to Wendover with my dad and his friends and his wife. So that was fun. It was like we didn't get home till like one, and today was rough. I'm like setting the clocks back or forward, whatever the hell we're doing this time. Um, it's all confusing I wish we didn't do it I'm just like please just let us stick to one time um but yeah hopefully that means the weather's going to be warmer overall my weekend is good busy but really fun also started on my bench um, in front of my windows downstairs I went went and bought all the stuff today to build like make the cushion so I think after this I'm going to build that um we'll see how much motivation I have though so <laughs> but yeah Really you
1: are so talented. Well, one, glad it was so fun, but also the fact that you're like, oh, it's Sunday. I'm going to build some benches after I record a podcast. Like, uh, I I could never. Um, you could. You could. <laughs> I, I really do appreciate your faith in me. You have to, uh, once you build the benches, you have to like share a photo on our Instagram so we can show people.
0: Yeah, I will. Also, like the, there's, like the three big windows in the front and then to the side there's another big window and i'm doing like a cute little like i'm gonna have a chair and a tiny little like side table next to it and i'm like really excited to just drink my coffee in that chair and look out this big window um but yeah i'll send you pictures you know like you know when you have this vision in your head i -hmm. really hope it turns out like that yeah but i'm nervous it's not going to
1: I mean, listen, worst case scenario, if it doesn't, you, you just reassess, you know, like you, you just reassess. That's all. That's what context is for. <laughs> yes. That, that was like an intentional plug. Yes, it is. No, no. Really. <laughs> um, but yeah, <laughs> Oh, I love that. Um, so Holly and I should obviously probably talk about what we're chatting about this week. So this week we're going to talk about all things relationships, specifically what relationships have shaped us into who we are today in a positive and negative way. Uh, do want to just give a trigger warning throughout this episode. We will be talking about, um, some very like sensitive issues. Uh, so just keep that in mind as we talk to it and when we get to that conversation um, we'll be sure to um, highlight that as well but uh i'm gonna just jump right in and ask holly the first question so speaking of relationships holly what relationships do you think have shaped you in a positive way in terms of like who you
0: are today um i would say a big it's funny, cause like my parents are both my positive and my negative. Um, but my parents and my grandparents, definitely. Um, I think like being younger and having those influences in your life help shape you who you are today, obviously. Um, and we talk about this more into this episode, but as you grow, you learn and all of that stuff, therapy and whatnot. But I would say my parents and my grandparents and I know I've talked about like falling out with my mom and stuff but in a positive light um I seem like the type of person I don't want to be and same with my dad you know like me and my dad have a great relationship now but when I was younger I didn't see my dad um and I'm not going to speak on like topics as to why uh, just uh out of respect for my dad but um it really that's where my abandonment issues come from both both sides of the parents that's where my hard-headedness comes from especially my dad my dad is so stubborn um but it helped me form into the woman I am today um it helped me fight it helped me my drive it helped me get to where I want to be I didn't grow up with money I didn't grow up having things handed to me. I worked my ass off for everything that I have. And I and to me, that's positive. Um, To me that, you know, I am where I am because of learning all of those things. But my grandparents helped me remain soft through that, I would say. um, My grandparents were the ones who were able to give me family vacations. That's why I got to go to Disneyland when I was a kid. That's why I got to go to Youth's games. That's why I got to go to... I got to go camping. Uh, my grandpa was part of the union, an iron worker. And we were always in the St. Patrick's Day Parade in Park City. Uh, memories like that that keep me a wholesome kid who helped me have a um, really fun childhood. Even though my parents were both young uh, when they had me, um, they helped me have a childhood, be it like, have a childhood, that, a childhood that was as normal as possible. Um, because they, all knew, you know, the circumstances of what me my little brother, and my half little sister, although I will never address her as like, hey, this is my half sister. Um, but they helped, you know, make sure we had as normal normal of a childhood as possible. Thank God for them every day. Um love them. Um, and they helped kept me keep me soft. And I think that's important when you've had hardness as a kid, it's sometimes hard to remain soft, especially if you grow up. That's something I've learned. But we'll dig deeper into that, onto the negative side of things. <laughs> um, I i mean, I could go deeper, but I could go on for hours about those things. Um, I'm interested into who helped shape you in a positive light, Leah?
1: Well, thanks. Well, first, I just want to call out the fact that I love that you give great accolades accolades kudos we're gonna say kudos because let's <laughs> be real give good kudos to like your parents on like where they were but also the fact that your grandparents really helped make your life so normal um i really love that especially when you talk about things like the saint patrick's day parade and you know, how they took you on vacation grandparents truly are the best in my opinion is just like general gems but to your point on who helped shape my life in a positive way so as i talked about last week my mom was a big factor she i am the youngest of two so she did a really good job at just making sure i felt seen uh my mom is a middle child so she does understand sometimes that The child as the first child isn't always seen in certain circumstances, so she always did a really nice job at just telling them I'm special or setting up special time for us to do things that were um, separate from my dad and my brother. So always appreciate that. But the even bigger impact was my granddad. Uh, He was just the most incredible human being that I've ever met. Uh, And it was just funny because... I feel like especially with grandparents, like you can just connect with them so easily and quickly that you're just like, wait, um, are you sure you're not my, <laughs> um, like, are you sure you're just my grandparent? Cause I feel like we just like connect so well. Uh, I would tell my mom too. I'm like, I love him as much as I love you. She's like, hmm. Um, but my granddad, he was a shell worker. So he, um, what worked for like, Doing, like, the oil and stuff. And um, he was a union worker as well. And he was just... Just the love he gave me is something that just can never be replaced. Unfortunately, I did lose him um, about seven years ago. Uh, But the love and imprint he left on me is just something that can never be replaced. I used to talk to him every day. Uh, He was a huge Jeopardy fan. I called him during Jeopardy, but Leah... Uh, I have to talk to you a little bit later, even if you've already watched the episode of my "Grind it, come on. Uh, but he just, there was just something about his soul. Like, he was just kind. He was always willing to listen. I can tell him anything. And he would be like, you know, like, it's okay. Like, I believe in you. He was just a really safe space. And I feel like growing up, you just need a safe space. I am a child of divorced parents. Um. So a lot of my personality trait, I always tell people I, um, you know, give like old man vibes in the sense of like, I like to stay home, watch my shows, you know, like that kind of thing. And I get that from my granddad. Other people that gave me positive light, I will say is uh, my college track team. I have really great friends from college uh, that helped shape me in such a positive way. Because when I would be going through really hard times, especially through college, like, the support and love they would give me, um, whether it was them being like, oh, all right, I'm not going to go to class. Because, like, obviously, you know, like, we got to chat through this. Or just holding me accountable, too. Like, what are you doing? Uh, yeah. Like, my friends Evelyn and, and Nikki, just from college, they are phenomenal people. And I'm still friends with them today. And they just help me be better and help, also help me want to be better, too. Um, but, yeah, I'm really... I'm with you, Holly. I feel like grandparents definitely helped shape you, shape you, but for me too, it was like grandparents, my mom, as well as, um, my college friends. Um, but yeah, I know I said a lot. I just, oh, I love my granddad so much.
0: I love that. Yeah. I love that. First off, so sorry you lost your granddad. Um, he sounds like the sweetest soul and I'm sure he's so proud of you. Like, obviously you're great um and love that you still have your college friends that's so cute i love hearing stories of how like people stay in close contact after college um i know a few of my friends still uh, we don't get together as often as i would like but i know that they're doing well and they have their cute little families and you know we check in on each other here and there which is which is nice but love hearing that
1: Thanks. Yeah. I mean, like I said, I try to your point, like everyone is in a different stage of their life. I will also say I'm one of those people. I uh, love the concept of college, not in terms of going to class and writing papers. Hear me out. But I loved having all my friends in one place. Uh, and then I, I met Nick later in college as well. So it was just nice. The fact that everyone wasn't like 30 an hour, two hours away across country. It was just nice to be like, It's a Wednesday, wanna grab lunch and they go, yeah, free. So I, I kinda do miss us all being in one place. But to your point, totally understand people have lives and, you know, families and aren't always as easily accessible.
0: Yeah. I agreed. Especially like in our thirties. Um you learn you learn that a lot. That's something I learned was like from i mean even just from 25 i would say to 30 just the amount of like the shrinkage of your social circle circle um i was very big into like cars in my mid-20s and that's where a lot of my friends were you know developed my friendships were a lot through cars and i sold like one of my first cars that i had modified And after that, I feel like I lost all my friends until I bought like my 240. And then people were kind of like, oh, she's cool again, (laughs) I don't know. Um, And now I just, it's like a garage (laughs) process. She doesn't doesn't really leave. Um, I occasionally take her out in the summer, but um, yeah, that's like me ranting on about how your social circle will shrink as you get older, but in a good way. It's just kind of, you know, and it's not necessarily, I guess, shrink, it's just you're indifferent chapters of your life and so it's hard to always be together and I felt like we I was always with my friends but yeah anyways that was my little rant
1: yeah <laughs> he said that wasn't no I think it's it's not even a rant it's just a valid point right that you're you can be in a different chapter with someone in a different moment and sometimes that moment just is you know it's no longer like doesn't just because you're not friends for a certain season doesn't mean that person doesn't necessarily come back around or like you may need to adjust. That's totally fine. I would love to hear more about the relationships that shaped you in a negative way. I know you did talk a little bit lightly on, uh, your parents also appreciate you, you know, shouting out that little highlight for your dad, um, giving him, you know, respects as you guys are in a good place now, but yeah, would love to just hear more about those relationships that shaped you in a negative way.
0: Yeah. Um, so again, my parents are a big one up for this too. Um, grew up in a broken home. I was, I don't even know what age I was, maybe five younger, possibly when my parents split. I didn't see my dad for years. Um, and so it was just me, my mom and my grandparents. Um, um, When my dad came back into the picture, um, I feel like that's when things got more rocky. I don't remember, and I think this is, I'm unpacking a lot of this in therapy. So, like, bear with me because some of this stuff I've just recently started unpacking of, like, things I experienced with my mom, um, especially. And, I mean, it's such a touchy subject because it's so fresh. I've hidden it for so long because that was, like my one constant, if you will, quotations, because that's really all I knew. Um, and that's when I feel like uh, where I started, where I start remembering negative things happening. So like, since my parents, not good co-parents at all, there was no, there was no healthy there. I didn't see them in a healthy light ever. Um, I was always in the middle. So it was always like, Holly, go ask your dad where the child support is. And if I didn't ask my dad, then I'd suffer the wrath when I got home. Um, I, am the oldest. Um, and so I was like the messenger, but I'm like, you know, 12 years old, not even understanding what child support is and, you know, not understanding that my mom's personality or my dad at the time, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm a kid. I don't know what you're talking about. I don't know what you're asking. I don't know what this means. Um, So I was in the the middle of it a lot. I would hear bad things said about my dad. Um, For a long time, too, my dad never said anything bad about my mom. I will give him that grace of, like, he tried to keep it as, you know, mature as possible, especially where I'm the one asking and I'm the kid. Um, But my mom would say bad things about my dad. Um, and I think to try and push me, my brother away from having a relationship with him. So my dad did do fun things with us. You know, when my dad came back in the picture, we would go and, uh, camping or, uh, we'd go on these like night walks and like at this trail and we'd scare the shit out of my little brother. (laughs) He probably has trauma from that to be honest, but like, (laughs) um, it was so fun to me. (laughs) I don't know why, but it was, um, and you know, we would have like huge water fights. Like that's like positive side of things. But um, I was on I was in high school and I was a varsity cheerleader. Um, I was holding like a three point nine average GPA. Um, school was my life. I wasn't focused on anything else besides cheer and school. Um, and this is where like I my me and my mom fell out. I feel like. Um, and I'm not sure why I think the more I'm, I'm unpacking and I'm talking to my therapist, it's more of, I think my mom, you know, she got pregnant in high school. And so she may take that out on me as I was being successful and I wasn't into the same thing she was. I wasn't out, you know, doing things that could lead to her getting, like getting pregnant. Um, and so my senior year in high school, I remember getting kicked out from her house and a couch surfed around on other cheerleaders' couches while, you know, going to practice at 6 a.m. and sometimes having two-a-days going to school and still holding my grades and then bouncing around from my grandparents' houses and then eventually moving up to my dad's. But he was in West Haven, which is about an hour plus drive to and from where my school was. And so we'd be waking up at four so I could get to Cheer practice at six. Um I, you know, lots of comments were made by my mom. Uh, and I remember her telling me she loved my brother more than me at one point. Um, there's lots of stuff. And I think I would I mean, I would love to revisit this type of conversation, you know, further into one of our episodes and see what else I unpack. I don't have forgiveness in me yet. I don't have that available for her at the moment um but that's a big one um you know and then after high school i forgave her i was you know the manipulation was real it was you know tears and i'm sorry not really ever on i am i'm sorry but more of like making me feel guilty so i would feel bad and i'd come back you know so after high school um we made up we had our relationship whatever was it healthy now that i look back on it no um but i go to college and then this is the one that probably shaped me the most was meeting my first serious boyfriend i met when i was 20 and a half um and oh god i don't know what i was doing but i was an idiot but i was with him for almost four years and He, charming, um, and dangerous. Um, But I didn't see that until he started secluding me from everybody. So I didn't have relationships with any of my family members. I had no friends. Um, I dropped out of college. I stopped working where I loved to work. Um, It was just. Us in an apartment, and he let his mom and his brother live with us. Um, and so I had no relationships with anybody. And the first time he laid his hands on me was I don't even remember what I did to piss him off. Um, but I remember him throwing me against the wall and choking me, and I in my past, I had seen my mom go through this. And I'm like, what the hell am I doing? Like, I'm like, why am I staying? And I stayed for three more years, unfortunately. And it just progressively got worse. Um, but they trap you. I'm, I will never look down upon a woman or say, why didn't you leave to a woman who's in a domestic violence relationship? Because you feel less than the dirt on the bottom of their shoe um you have nobody you feel like At the end of the day you do you just don't realize it because they meet they manipulate you they're narcissistic and they make you feel like there's nobody else there besides them um he you know this is probably a topic that people are like well how do you get raped by your boyfriend because no is no and if i didn't sleep with him i was sleeping in my car because he wouldn't let me sleep in the house, Um, or he would throw all of my stuff out of the house, or I would get beat, you you know. So um, yes, you can be raped by a boyfriend, by a girlfriend, by your significant other, you can. No is no, Um, that's trigger warning, I should have told you. Trigger warning, domestic violence, rape. (laughs) Um, And this is also like the first time I'm speaking about this on like a public platform. Um, My mom, my dad, grandparents, my brother, my sister, aunts, uncles, don't know everything I went through with him. They know that it was bad, but never really opened up. Um, I remember I worked at a call center because that was the place that he felt less threatened that I wouldn't meet somebody else. Um, and the whole time he was cheating on me. <laughs> um, he, you know, there was a lady. Her name was Scarlett. Um, she was older and one of the mornings I was late to work because he had had an episode with me and he had beat me and I came in and he had pushed me into a wall. So the whole left side of my body was scraped up and she, and I, he left and I had packed all my stuff in my car and she had seen me and my manager was mad that I was late, but she messed like. Met, emailed my manager and was like, Hey, I think there's something going on. I'm going to take Holly and like, talk to her. And she did. We drove around for two hours and she was trying to get me to leave. I didn't. Um, this is when I found out he was cheating on me with multiple people. He would have girls phone numbers in his in his phone under guys names. So like, for instance, Carlos would text him and I would say, Hey, babe. And I'm like, why is Carlos like calling you babe? And he's like, I call all my guy friend babes. And I'm like, that's not really like who you are, but you know, okay. <laughs> um, again, I was naive. Um, I was, I never been in a relationship before really, um, you know, just little ones here and there, but nothing like this. Um, and then i took the girl's phone number or the person's phone number out of the phone and i was like hey is this carlos because i knew carlos and i was like did you change your number not tell me because i actually introduced carlos to my ex and i'm not going to ever say his name because i still fear that if i the retaliation from this person um and he's like what are you talking Mm -hmm. like no this isn't carlos and this is so and so come to find out they had been hanging out. She had pictures to prove it, like all of this stuff. He manipulated me. Um, I stayed. Um, the cycle kept happening. It's that like abuse cycle of there's that honeymoon phase, that tension building space, tension building phase, the explosive phase, and then it goes back to the honeymoon phase. So then you know we'd get in this fight. I'd get hit. I'd get shoes thrown at my face i'd get uh pitches off the wall bashed over my head i you know but then i'd wake up to flowers and all of these things and all of these dreams saying that were you know going to happen and i'd stay um i think so one of the last straws and i say one of them because it took me a couple straws to actually leave um was he got me a dog one year for i think it was my birthday or christmas and she's the cutest little black pomeranian her name was zoe and i was at work and at this point he had stopped working he got like all of his stuff repoed complete loser um i was the one working and um he calls me he's like i think your dog's dying and i'm like what are you talking about like i'm at work like um like he's like she's not moving and she like won't eat or drink and she just won't won't move so i'm like i call somebody in to come cover for me so i can get back to the apartment to check on her and i get there and yeah she's not moving um i rush her to the vet and at this point i'm not financially smart i'm in this situation where i'm having to take care of two people and everything else and you know so taking a dog to the vet is like it's expensive and trying to afford that you know and everything um well the vet said that she may have somebody may have given her something or she got into something and his mom was like really heavy into pill usage so the only thing I can think of is like she left pills out or some like he gave her one and I could see him doing that he's a very evil narcissistic sociopath like I could see him doing that just to retaliate against me um they gave her fluids and everything and um, she survived um however i mean she didn't live as long as she should have she only lived to see seven and it was due to her kidneys like organ failure and so i always wonder and question like is it because of that you know what i mean so that was one and then i actually moved out and I moved back home, and we but we were still seeing each other. We were still together, and I went over to his house one day, um, and it was night. And I remember his friend being there, who was supposed to be my friend too. And I left. I went home, and I was like falling asleep. He's like, "Oh, you should just go home." And I'm like, "Okay, yeah, I'm just gonna go home," you know, and come to find out, this bastard went and hung out with a seventeen-year-old. We're 24 at this time. And um, when I found out about it, this was the last straw for me. I was done at that point. But I did ask him, I said, why her? He's like, I wanted to see what, what her name was about. And I'm like, cool. So that's when I was done. Um, He would show up at my house with like gifts and shit. He'd be, like, watching for me to, like, leave for the gym or for school. Because I got back in school. I was, like, starting to take care of myself again. And he would, like, pull up and, like, throw a bag at me with stuff in it with, like, notes and shit. And I'm just, like, bro. Um, I played Xbox quite a bit at this point. And he would, like, make fake gamer tags and try and talk to me on there and stuff like that. But, honestly, um... I think for the most part I was able to cut him out of my life. I would, um, people respected that, like knew what was going on. His friends seen him hit me. They never stepped in. Do I hold that against them? No. I'm like, that's nobody's responsibility. Do I sometimes wish somebody would have stepped in? Would it have prevented a couple fat lips or black eyes? Probably. (laughs) But, um, I don't hold it against them some of them you know still for the long longest time we chatted and would they wanted nothing but the best for me um but three months three to six months after we i was done i ended things um his friend came into the store i was working at and he's like did you hear about so-and-so and i'm like no like i don't i don't have anything to do with him Um, And he's like, you know, he has a two-year-old child, right? And I'm like, what? So he had a kid while we were together, um, had no idea about. (laughs) that. obviously he wasn't taken care of um, and he knew about. So yeah, I mean, there's so much more I could go into, but that is the one that shaped me into who I am today. That That is the one that I know I can get through anything and everything and make it out on top because I didn't think I would. I mean I was so heartbroken and distraught like I don't I don't know how to pick myself up off the floor after crying for days and days and like went to work and school and did good. You know what I mean? Um dark a little bit, yeah. Um a lot. Yeah. Um group therapy if and nobody has gone to group therapy that is what helped me cope with that relationship. Um, I struggled for a long time. I sometimes still struggle um, with triggers of what he used to do. Um, I used to always think I was getting cheated on or I flinchy. Um, I don't ever raise my voice. Um, and so when people do raise their voices, I'm like, can we please like take a step back and, like, calm down? There's no reason to raise voices when we're just trying to have a, ta- a chat. Um, just so have triggers I'm working through. Um, but yeah, it was a lot in my young twenties. I can't get my early twenties back. Um, you know, he didn't drink, he didn't go to bars. Not that you have to do that to have fun in your twenties, but I didn't experience a lot of what my friends were experiencing at that age. Um, I missed out on a lot. I lost a lot of friendships because... I was in this situation. And unfortunately, like, early 20 year olds don't understand, you know, what you go through. And, you know, after I leave this person, do I text my ex best friend and say, Hey, like, I want to, I want to explain why I did this. Like, I was beaten and raped by my boyfriend. No. So I never really tried to fix those relationships. I just dealt with it, dealt with my loss. And it was my fault for staying, absolutely, but it wasn't my fault that he chose to be a horrible human. And honestly, it wasn't just to me. It was I saw him beat the shit out of his little brother. I would try you know, I would try and get in the middle, so at least I suffered and not his little brother. Um, but I would get hurt just as bad. You know what I mean? Um but yeah a lot. <laughs> um I have linked in, we will link in like the episode notes, just like the domestic violence hotline and the sexual assault hotline. If you have gone through or are going through this, like I'm always here to talk. Um, No judgment, obviously, especially being someone who has gone through this. Um, it's life altering, but you can come out on top uh, as every survivor should. Um, It shaped me into not being reactive. It shaped me into understanding that if I'm being bullied or I'm being talked poorly about, um, I I have to understand that they might be going through something and they're projecting and that's okay. Um, I'm not going to step down to that level and react in that way. I hope for nothing but the best for those people. Um, so, yes, it was a neg- it negatively impacted me, and I felt like nothing, and I still struggle with that. Um, it hindered my growth in my early 20s, but it's also shaped me into the woman I am today in a positive light. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, it, oh,
1: it definitely has. I feel like, Holly, like, to your point, you mentioned a lot, a lot of vulnerable things, a lot of, you know, um, just, like, very emotional things that happen to you, especially at such a young age, and I don't want us to obviously, like, gloss over this really quickly. I, as always, you know, I think who you are today is, you know, a wonderful human, and I think, yes, you were going through a manipulative, abusive, like, horrible situation but I still think you were a wonderful human then even though I didn't know you uh I do have a few just like questions you know we try to always have a safe space be honest with one another uh Holly and I like, chatted about this before as well too but I think my one question and, and one question other people might be thinking is you know You mentioned before, like, you didn't understand, like, how you got into this situation and that you, like, chose to stay. But I would like to hear a little bit more about that choice to stay because, to your point, I I genuinely try not to judge people in those situations at all. But when I see, you know, um, I see you, I'm like, oh, she's, you know, she's smart. She's talented. She has all these things. Like, why would she choose to stay um when she she can be with anyone like anyone would give her the love she deserves um but yeah i would love to hear more about that from you like why you chose to stay over and over again um especially when you mentioned after the first time he hit you
0: yeah it goes back to um, issues from my childhood abandonment issues um codependent issues um and then him just making me feel like i would never be loved by anybody else nobody else would ever love me because i am this horrible ugly human being um that i'm lucky that he loves me um i don't know like that's the scary thing is like you look at some of these men that do this to women and you're like, you are literally an ogre. How do you like, how do these women like, like see, you know, anything in them? And I think the charm in the beginning is what makes you see the good. And then they know what they're doing. And they, from the start, they break you down piece by piece until you literally have nothing left of yourself. Um, um, that's why I, I, he's a sociopath. Um, he's narcissistic. Uh, I still think to this day, like, what was the, what was the word that he said that made me stay? I don't, I can't remember. I don't, I don't even, I mean, I haven't unpacked that yet, which is so crazy. Cause it's been years. Um, I just felt like nothing, You know, I, you know, my, I felt like my parents didn't love me. So then I was like, yeah, if my parents don't love me, nobody's going to love me. So I've got to stay with him if I ever want to be loved by somebody. And so I stayed until I realized he was completely wrong. And I had all these people who do love me. Um, yeah, I, I don't think there's one right answer for women, men who go through this, um, people who go through this, I should say, um, there's not one right answer. It's just, I give them grace. If you know someone who is, or you suspect someone who is, please don't ask them why they stay. That's the last thing they want to be asked because they don't really even know from my experience anyways. um, You don't, you, you ask yourself every day, why am I staying? And you don't even have an answer besides I want to be loved. And he says, no, one's going to love me. And he's right. Right. Does that give you a little bit more clarity into that situation?
1: <laughs> no, it, it does, and it also just brings up a, a follow up question too, right? Because you you highlighted and shared your you know um, domestic violence situation, your abuse situation, which uh, I really do have so much empathy towards you because uh, that is a very difficult thing to not only discuss publicly but just. to you know, go through every day still. Um, you also talked a little bit about that, like no is no and in, in that right situation as well. So I guess my last question for you about this um, is that how do you support your friends or family members that have gone through like a similar situation? Um, how do you support them through that, that violence uh, knowing to your point, you know, you may not always be able to get them to get away from a person like this. Like how can someone like me or, or just someone listening offer that support to someone they really love and care about, but they the person's not trying to leave their visa.
0: Yeah. Great question. Um, so my degree is social work, uh, for those who don't know. And something I learned in there is to be there for them. Don't push them pushing them is going to actually make them push away from you. Um, and do your research on different tools, resources that are out there. There are a lot of different resources that people don't know about. Um, and that's, that's the biggest thing. You know, luckily for me, I did not have a child with him. When I left, it was just me and my dog. So that's so, you know, that's all I had to worry about. Um, but there are some women, men, people out there that have to find a completely new home. They have to find a, uh, a shelter. They have to find income. They have to change their names. They have to do all of this, um, help them find those resources or just let them know that like, Hey, here's this. Um, you know, funny because my boyfriend's going to school to be a barber and we were talking a little bit about this and, um, signs to look for It's like, what to pay attention to if you suspect someone is going through abuse, um, bruises on their head, like stuff like that. And they want them to be knowledgeable on resources, too. Um, You know, that's the biggest thing I can say, because at the end of the day, they have to want to leave. That was like me. you know, I would hear from family and they'd be like, just leave, just leave. And it's like, it's not, I can't, I could, but I, I can't, I feel like I can't leave. I'm, I'm stuck here. Part of it's scared for your life. The second part is you, like I said, you, you feel like you will never have somebody. Um, so just help them find resources. Cause that's, you know, that could just be what it is or just be there for them. Um, not in a way of pushing them to leave or pushing them to talk but genuinely just be there for them as a friend as a uh supporter as a ally yeah no i
1: appreciate you saying that because i know uh full transparency i think for me i'm one of those people that when people tell me their problems i try to fix them and i think a lot of people try that sometimes and to your point that's not what that person needs in that situation. So being able to just highlight, Hey, you know, I'm I'm here for you and reiterate that is so truly important. Uh, I do just want to highlight once again, this topic is like very sensitive. It is very personal and vulnerable and really give Holly just a lot of kudos, you know, to you for sharing it and highlighting it. It, is a topic full transparency that like I need to do more research on myself just to make sure that I am offering that support to other people and giving them that support they need. But, you know, Holly, every day that you continue to just choose yourself, I, I really do give you credit. Um, and like I said, I didn't know you during that relationship time, but I know you were doing like what you had to for the situation you were in. Um, So yeah, I really appreciate you
0: just like sharing all of that. You know, I appreciate you. Thanks for asking the question of like, how can you support? Uh, That's important. Support's always, always important in those situations. Um, But enough about me. (laughs) What relationships do you think shaped you in a negative way?
1: That's a good question. You're like enough about me, even though I want to continue to ask you 5 million questions. But to your point, we'll definitely save like another podcast to dive deeper because I don't want to just swipe over all that. Um, relationships that affect me. So what you'll see, what I love about Holly and I is that we're similar in ways, but we're different in ways. So I will say as far as my family, they uh, there are negative things that have happened because i am very mindful of just like certain situations i won't i'm not in a place to like discuss all those details i will say the place where i am to discuss that is in terms of a negative relationship it was my dad i do come from divorced parents uh i was really close to my dad for a very long time we stopped talking um Well, not stop talking. It's like the relationship started to get really funny as I got older. It was more of like a... Every time there's a celebration, we'll talk, you know? Like a happy Valentine's Day, it's your birthday, happy birthday, vice versa. And as I got older, I I wanted more. Like, I wanted us to, like, have an actual conversation. I didn't want to be just a person who only talked on holidays. I wanted to talk to my dad all the time. Uh... I will say that I got some good things from my dad in terms of love of music. Like we loved John Mayer. Like he was the person who introduced me to John Mayer. Like Loved him from a very young age and just all different types of music. So I appreciate him for that. But I have abandonment issues as well, (laughs) similar to Holly. And it's just from my dad. I think my dad, along with other people too, I used to feel that if he couldn't show up for me or if he couldn't show up, like how else can someone else show up for me in that way? And just that feeling of not wanting, of just like wanting to be loved and not necessarily getting that love. So in terms of that relationship, like it's, um, I haven't talked to my dad or spoken to him and, uh, about six years, I made the choice to say that like, I wanted more from this relationship, uh, and he's human too, right? He made the choice to say um, he didn't. Uh, and I think for me, it was like a really big deal because I'm not a firm believer in cutting people off. I mean, some people in my listeners this like, wait, you cut me off. We haven't talked in years. Okay, that's different. Um, I'm saying in terms of like your parents, like I that was like a very hard choice. But I realized every time we would chat, it would release a trigger in me. Um, A trigger of sadness, a trigger of depression, just a trigger that made me feel really uneasy. Uh, And thankfully, I married someone, and I was a partner with Nick before we got married for like six years. And he got to see some more of the like just like the details of everything. Um, But I was with someone that was like, if a man wants to do something, he will do it. So no like you know like if he wants to do something he'll do it. if he wants to show up for you he'll do it um and that was before he was even my husband saying that like if they want to do it they'll do it um so yeah we don't talk Um uh, sometimes it's sad like sometimes i'll get people that'll be like oh like you haven't talked to your dad in so long that must be sad like yeah bro it is <laughs> like but i also have so much love that like <laughs> right like sometimes people say stuff and you're like yeah, it is sad. Um, <laughs> you know, you're like, well, thanks for reminding me about that. Yeah. Like, I wasn't, didn't tuck that away in my mind. Uh, so yeah, that really impacted me negatively. And then I would say a lot of my like friendships when I was younger impacted me negatively as well. I think because I didn't have some consistency at home, I looked for a lot of that consistency in relationship and friends when I was like growing up. And I think I obviously wasn't always the best person. I had a lot of things going at home that uh, even people who felt like they were really close to me just didn't know about because I have always been very good at just like masking what I'm going through. Um, So I looked for that in friendships, but a lot of friendships I have like just weren't the most like positive spaces and places, you know, it wasn't all about like uplifting other people or wanting the best for other people. It was a lot of talking about other people. And unfortunately, I was involved in that, too, because I was just I was a kid. I was trying to fit in. I was looking for that validation within friends. But, yeah, I would say those are the big thing that's like really impacted me negatively. Yeah, a lot of the friendship piece still impacts me to this day. Believe it or not, I have a hard time trusting people. I have a hard time believing what people say in terms of. uh, Holly even knows this, right? Like, we met up in New York through work a while ago, and she was like, I call you my friend. And I was like, girl. (laughs) (laughs) But isn't that wild? Like, I (laughs) make.
0: It was so embarrassing, honestly. (laughs) But it's fine.
1: Uh, but like she made a valid point And I had unpacked unpack that Not only with um, Like people in my life but also my therapist Like why wouldn't you call her your friend Like doesn't she give all those traits Is she not reliable and consistent Like shows up But because I've been Hurt and because people who said they would show up Didn't or just you know um, We just had issues It's uh, I don't always believe people they say want to show up and i'm sure that goes back to my dad too but i don't i don't always believe people um but yeah similar to holly i go to therapy as well i have been in therapy for a while um i went to therapy back in college when some of my family triggers were impacting my study uh i did group therapy similar to holly as well and then came back around to therapy um Before Nick and I got married, we did like the premarital therapy and I did individual therapy too. And then I went back to therapy right before the pandemic. Um, And then now I have like a a new therapist, but I'm very, I try to be like very self-aware of the the triggers I have, um, the emotions I experience. I'm a very like hypersensitive person. I love deeply. I feel deeply, and I'm so proud of that. Um, but with that said, sometimes like my emotions can run a little high, uh, and sometimes I can, yeah, just get like easily offended and then rightfully offended. But yeah,
0: no, so proud of you. Um, I had a question. Do you feel like? any of your triggers with your dad ever come out in your relationship with Nick? Like, do you ever feel like he does something and it reminds you of, reminds you of your dad, so you like snap at him or anything like that? And if so, that's you a good communi- question. you communicate that to Nick, if so? Mm. Ooh,
1: that's a good question.
0: Um, so
1: yes they they have um they have they came out a lot more when we first started dating um because i didn't believe nick either (laughs) i'd be like "Mm, your other wife will be so happy (laughs) um but in terms of uh coming out yes so nick is a very um even keeled just like calm person and i came from a household where they did yell that's how um, they expressed themselves, my, not express themselves, but just communicated. My parents yelled and I thought that was normal. I thought that was okay. I thought when you were in a relationship, you yell and when you disagree, you yell. And so in Nick and I's relationship earlier on, and sometimes like, no, nah, not so much. I really don't yell now, but earlier on a situation happened where I got mad and I I yelled and as even kill as Nick is, y'all, if you know a Capricorn, they will check you so quick. Nick was like, what we're not going to do, like, what I'm not going to do is stand here and have you yell at me. Like, that's not the way this works. So, like, we can have a conversation, but that's not acceptable. And the way he said it was, like, so clear, concise, and respectable that I was like... Okay. You're right. (laughs) Like, you know, like you're right. Uh, So I always try to be really mindful when we are like in a disagreement or have conversations. Um, But to your point, like I try to communicate things a lot more when we do get in fights and do get in disagreements. I, but I've also asked Nick to understand like sometimes I need space, right? Because I come from, or I've experienced an explosive environment before that when I'm mad or I'm tr- triggered, just give me a moment. That moment could be like 10 minutes. It could be 15 minutes. Just give me a moment. Because if I respond when I'm mad, I am going to say things. I don't mean I'm going to say things that are hurtful because I also come from an environment where like, you know, my mom used to always say this thing. I'm not going to say it. Cause it's like a little funny, you know, it's like, actually, no, I'm going to say it. So we're on a podcast. She'd be like, you know, like you kill my dog, I kill your cat. Like, you know, like I come from that kind of, um, uh, exposing sometimes in the sense of like you, you hurt my feelings. I'm going to hurt yours. Um, so I've learned to try to communicate that. Obviously I'm human. I still sometimes mess up a lot, but Nick is gracious. We both are gracious to one another. Um, but yeah, even in my relationships prior to Nick, uh, I I would say some pretty hurtful things—not just to like relationships, but even friends. It was really just that like, you hurt me, I'm going to hurt you back, and not communicate that. Which
0: um, look at that, I'm like, dang! How some of y'all get me that. Were these girlfriends?
1: Uh, yes. Some were, some were friends. And then I'm trying to think back to, like, even people, I'm not one of those people who were, like, in a lot of relationships, um, had a lot of situationships, um, maybe where, like, you know, I was like, wait, we're not together? And, like, mm. Um, but, yeah, there were, like, girlfriends. And then, yeah, I had, like, relationships where, or situationships were the same thing. Like, my yeah. feelings would get hurt and then I would explode. Like, ugh, nobody yeah. wanted you anyway, like, you know? yeah not yeah
0: nice. I just feel like sometimes girls can be so mean too, so like having to I don't yeah the I mean just the growth that I've seen in myself too, kind of like you're saying like I used to be the same way of like you hurt me, I'm gonna hurt you, but trying not to do that anymore um so I praise that I think that that's great self-awareness I think we I think all humans are guilty of that someone hurts you, you want to come back at them, you know, you want to be petty. Um, so I give you a lot of praise that you can recognize that. Um, hold yourself accountable. I, you know, kind of jumps into my next question for you. Of like, how do you work through your triggers from your, you know, negatively shaping uh, relationships?
1: That is another... <clears throat> just like really deep question because my triggers um have been a part of me like right for for a while um I will say in terms of like how I work through it and how I continue to work through it I learned that like movement for me truly is medicine like I need to move my body whether it's me walking whether it's me cycling um whether it's me doing like workout classes with groups of people I realized being in a community and space um with people who are just like working towards that same goal is something that like really helps me. Um I always say like doing sports younger like I cheer I did cheerleading I did I did track doing those things really helped um work through those triggers at a young age and so I continue to do that even into my like adult life. I also do a lot of like meditation like prayers um i do a lot of journaling i also try to really hold space for myself too i will and then recently to be honest i've actually been like explaining myself more to like my friends and and people um like my family as well as i've done that with nick over the years but now i'm just doing that more with everyone else where i Let people know, like, hey, I am not in a good place today. I'm not, you know, in this this mood. This is what's happening based on something that's happened before. Um, You know, I'm open to talk about it, but, like, don't necessarily have to. But, yeah, I feel like triggers is just, like, you're always working through those. But I would love to hear, for you, how you work through your triggers as well. Um, Yeah, I'm going to hear that, too.
0: No, I love yours. I think, like I said, holding safe uh, space for yourself and just talking about how you're feeling it's so important. Um, it's taking me a long time to figure out how to cope with some of these triggers. I'm still learning, um like I said, still in therapy. um always will go to therapy, honestly. even if I feel like I have no like nothing going on, I will still go. Um, but some things I do our communication. So I'm an overcommunicator. Um and especially in like my most recent relationships, whether that is like with my current boyfriend or, you know, my dad where we have a we're working on a relationship and stuff like that, overcommunicate, let them know how I'm feeling, and I'll hear out how they're feeling so that we can make sure we're on the same page with everything. Um And boundary setting, oh my gosh, that has been life-changing for me. Boundaries are so important. I had none um, up until the age of 27, 28, I would say. That's when I started realizing what boundaries are. Um, My family members walked all over them. Uh, My significant others walked all over them. My significant other's parents walked all over them thinking they can say things to me that they aren't allowed to say, treating me in certain ways. Um, those are my top two for right, like right now that are very important on how to handle my triggers.
1: I love that. We need to do an episode on boundaries. because I feel like that should yeah. be. <laughs> for real.
0: I would love to also like have a guy speak on these things because I feel like men and women, guys go through this shit too. You know but we're two women we don't have that perspective uh i would i think that would be cool if we each could find some guy to come in and talk about boundary setting from a uh, like man's point of view i think that would be cool take that as a note <laughs> i'm gonna i'm
1: gonna write that note down um i'm also gonna try to find one um yeah uh, i mean nick is good but he's just a typical capricorn if you know you know and january too is it boundary setting or is it he just chooses <laughs> um our next question. Um, next thing is like this ties into a lot of what you chatted about as well earlier in terms of how you feel around just like yourself, how you view yourself, how you value yourself. Definitely curious, like have you always loved yourself? You're so strong, you continue to show up for yourself every day and people around
0: you. But yeah, have you always loved yourself? No. I still don't. I still struggle. Um to this day with loving myself um I spent a lot of times thinking like that my parents don't love me so how can I love myself you know what I mean um and then being in that abusive narcissistic relationship that sent me back even further that was definitely my lowest point done a lot of self work to get where I'm at um I don't feel like I have to constantly defend myself which is great um like if any thing if anybody wants to think something negative about me or say something negative about me I let them deal with that and I don't react. Um, So I'm working on it. I would say my self-worth and my self-love is mountains greater than what they were six years ago, but still working through it. Um, Would love any pointers that y'all have of how you take care of yourself. Um, That's something I learned from Leah. Leah, I feel like takes very good care of herself and um, a mental state. and uh, that's something I need to work on. Um, so I guess that goes, I mean, that's like a great lead way into, how do you feel about yourself? Leah? Have you always loved yourself? Do you love yourself? What does that look like for you?
1: Look at you with the, the quick segue. Um, have I always loved myself? No. Uh, but I will say my granddad and mom, have done a phenomenal job in making sure I always felt loved, um, and always knew my true value, even when I didn't. Uh, so obviously always still working on that. I think for me in particular, I mentioned this last week, but, you know, being a black woman, um, and I mean like in a suburban type of predominantly like white environment, um, I often like compare myself to other people, often felt like I just wasn't worthy as beautiful, like all those, you know, things. But I've been working on it and I will say through affirmations, through showing up for myself, I also hype myself up. Uh, I used to not always do a good job of hyping myself up, but I will say like, that's the power of like, listen, my mom is my number one hype woman, but also I will say like, that's the power of having solid relationships in your life is I met some incredible women where I'm not, like, heads about myself. I'm like, Leah, look at you. And I'm like, oh, my goodness. Look at me. Like, thank you. You know, like, I've met some just phenomenal women that will, like, hype me up and, and give me kudos and, you know, show support for me. I have a wonderful friend, Katie, um, since high school that's always been, like, really good at just, like, hyping me up. Um, as well as Chelsea, like they'll hype me up, but yeah, I think to your point, it's something I always work on. Definitely trying to focus on affirmations, working on my routine. I'm big on like preserving my mental state to Holly's point, like leaning into that. Um, so yeah, I definitely prioritize that, but with that being said, and like prioritizing Oh, I just dropped my heater on my foot. Hopefully no (laughs) one can hear that. (laughs) Um, I know you said you're always, like, working through, like, you're still working on loving yourself. Um, but, like, what's some advice that you would have given your, like, 20-year-old self, um, that could have helped? Or even advice you would give yourself today, too, to, like, continue to show up and love yourself more.
0: And that's exactly it. Show up, show up for yourself at the end of the day. That's all you got. Um, that's you know, that's who goes to work for you every day. That's who gets up and feeds you is yourself. You take care of yourself mentally, physically, emotionally. Um, Yes, you will have others in your life, but at the end of the day, you're the only one who can change your life. You're the only one who can decide what you do today, what you do tomorrow, what you do next week. Um, So show up for yourself, take care of yourself, put yourself first, be selfish that is that is important it is not and you know what it's not selfish to put yourself first that's i think a stigma we, we need to get away with um or we need to you know disappear so take care of yourself don't worry about being selfish just do it um what about you
1: i love that just do it be okay with being selfish uh oh what about me what would i tell my about year old self I would lean into the idea. I heard this quote a little while back from Tanks, um, and she's so fabulous, but it really is what I would tell myself is comparison is the thief of joy. I think a lot of times when I was younger <clears throat> in my twenties, I would compare myself to people all the time and what they had and how it looked and how I wanted it rather than enjoying and soaking up the moment. Uh And I would just remind myself that like everyone's journey is different. And I always say this to myself, my mom and I kind of say it to each other, is like, would you do what that person did to get where they are? You know, like, would you do that? Would you make all those sacrifices? Would you make those adjustments? Like, would you do it to be where they are? Uh, And I would tell myself that in my twenties, like it's okay if you aren't this like picture perfect ask that you may see where your friends are and and what they're doing uh your journey is different a lot of my friends did get like married young or like bought houses young and did all these things and i would be like oh my goodness um like what about me but my journey's different you know and my journey's still different and that's okay it's there's beauty in the differences um but yeah i would definitely tell myself that holly i feel like we really chatted today like we like it's good we
0: did i know this is um obviously only our third episode but our longest one so that's cool um but yeah we want to keep it not to where we're like you guys are like a two-hour episode what the hell are you guys doing um so obviously come back next week for our fourth episode. Don't forget that we are going to have a giveaway for our fifth episode. So stay tuned with that. Um, Also be watching our Instagram. We're going to be featuring some more women-owned businesses this month. Really excited about that. And yeah, any questions or you need to chat with someone who's gone through something similar that you're going through, we're always here. It's a safe place. We love you all and tune in next week for more. Bye and bye